You're listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. Well, that was quite a week of swimming we've just seen in Sheffield at the British Championships 2023. Steve here, welcoming you back to the Pool Boy Podcast. I've got Bob and Casey with me, and over the course of this episode, we're going to cast our eye over events in the water and indeed out of the water because uh, there were some talking points that occurred, uh, not in the racing, but we'll come to that in a minute. Um, I wrote beforehand, Bob, that we could expect thrills, spills, drama and disappointment. And I think the championships delivered all of those. It certainly did, Steve. There were lots of very good swims from what I would call uh, second tier swimmers, which impressed me greatly. A lot of names emerged last week who I didn't know a great deal about, who I think are maybe not quite going to be ready for Paris. But as we look towards next commies, so you look towards LA, um, I think our next tranche of uh, impressive swimmers in events where we're not actually that strong at the moment as well is quite impressive. So, you know, kind of looking beyond the next 12 months and the, the Paris section, uh, looking beyond that next commies, the world's beyond that and also the Olympics for 2028. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of promise being shown that week, last week in, in events with swimmers we hadn't seen before. Very true. And Katie, we've been we've been watching fast swimming around the world, various meets. Particularly, we saw Canadian trials, uh, you know, a week or so before um, our meet here. It's good to see uh, our guys getting back in and, and doing some some really impressive swimming. Yeah, I think we saw impressive swims from some people that we would have expected it from, and then others, you know, really taking some chances. I think if you'd told me the list of people who would get the qualifying times. Um, you know, at the end of the meet, I would have been quite surprised at some of those some of those names. They're not ones that I would have listed at going ahead of the meet. Um, so some people really, really stepping up, and maybe a few falling short or shorter than we would have expected as well. Well, there's plenty to talk about that that did happen, as as I said, in the racing itself. But um, probably uh, one of the big talking points, and it it was the elephant in the room before the championship started, was the selection policy because. Uh, the times were incredibly fast um, and we got halfway through the meet and hardly anyone had made the consideration times, let alone the, the qualifying times and the, and the selectors invoked their ability to change the policy and remove the limit on their wildcard so they could pick more. Now, I can't remember, Katie, that ever having happened before. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that happen? No, I think uh, I think the, the policies have always allowed enough flexibility that you know, you can pretty much guarantee the team will be able to look like they want it to look um, at the end of a meet. But this selection policy, I suppose, the the times were just so, so, so stiff um, that, you know, we were going to end up with no one at all on the team. And I think the biggest problem was that we wouldn't have enough people to to have relays, which would mean that we couldn't enter relays in, in the Olympics next year, or we'd have to go to the World Championships next year, which I think an awful lot of people don't see as optimum preparation for the Olympics. Um, I haven't seen them backtrack like that. I, I don't really get the, I, I get the point of fast qualification times because I know they don't want to take tourists on teams. They want to take people who are in with a chance of finaling and making and getting on the podium. But A, you need to bring some people through and you need to give people hope of being on a team without dropping kind of 10 seconds from their best time. Um, 
and be, you know, it's not like people aren't trying. If you're going to set a qualification time that's faster than a British record, you know, people aren't not breaking British records because they can't be bothered. They're probably because they're incredibly fast times. We're a pretty decent swimming nation. So I don't really see the point in setting, you know, almost impossibly fast times. That said, some people stepped up and got got times dropping masses amount from their entry times, but not not very many, as you say. I think it's puzzled a lot of other countries as well. Just looking at the feedback I've seen from other countries and their swim websites, um, certain words like ridiculous, or not impossible, those those kind of words being used. Um, and I'm, again, slightly perplexed as to why we're doing it in a world championship year. If you're doing it in an Olympics year, I can almost understand it. I can get why the criteria should be a bit stricter. But the world champs year, especially when you've got two world champs in the space of eight months, as you're going to have this time round, don't quite get it. No, it does. Uh, it, it is very odd. I mean, as Casey said, I kind of understand the, the logic for... Um, for the fast qualifying times, know that if you get them, you know you're going to get people who are capable of making a final or whatever. But I couldn't see why the consideration times were so fast because it just meant that they carved huge swathes of eligible people out of the people that they could select from. And hence why, they, to me, they've had to expand the, the wildcard so they can get enough people in to have relays. But, some, you know, nobody wants to be going to Doha, no, um, if they don't have to, I would think. And I've certainly lots of GBs people have said they don't want to go. So, uh, you know, the- and imagine America won't be there either. So, most of the major nations won't send many people. Um, so, you're right, this is the world champs, it's going to matter for the Olympics. But I still think that, you know, we have our own qualifying standards, and next year will be the year to, to up the pace a bit more. I think this year was not the year to do that. No, it does feel like they just cranked the handle a little bit too far this time. But um, there we are. They, they've done what they've done. The times were what they were. Um, they can now pick um, basically as many uh, swimmers as they want, to, you know, in a discretionary basis up to the, the team limit of 30. And we'll see in due course uh, who gets the nod. But let's talk about the actual swimming, because obviously that's the bit that was exciting. That's much better than backroom politics or, or whatever else was going on in Sheffield. And we'll start with the men. Um, and... Freestyle, sprint freestyle, Bob. Now you you and I you and I and Katie will remember as well that, that for years we just couldn't find a sprint freestyler uh, coming out of our ears now. What what an impressive set of results. Well, if we could, Steve, it was only ever one, wasn't it? So we, we produced them in ones. It wasn't like our breaststrokers that came along on a production line. Our 100 freestylers generally would come along one at a time. You get an Adam Brown, you get a Simon Burnett, you get, you know, th- these people come through in every four-year cycle to be replaced by one other person who then be replaced by another person. Uh, the fact that we have the depth that we have, and that's without young Jacob Whittle um, doing the, the business last week. Um, you look at the, the the depth we now have at 100, 200, not 400 yet, but uh, certainly 100 and 200, most definitely. Um, and that, that um, we'll move on to the 200, I'm sure, in due course, but the 200 is unbelievably good. And the 100 is getting there as well now. Um, just just a shame, shame that Jacob wasn't quite on form last week. But even without that, Katie, you know, the, the top four were, were dropping some really impressive times. I mean, he didn't manage it quite in the final, but Matt Richards, 47-7-2 in the heats of the 103. I mean, I saw that result and did a massive double take. I mean, that, that's, that's a heat swimming and a half. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I think he was basically the swimmer of the meet. Um, he's He's 
been he's obviously had a good year so far but I wasn't expecting you know across all three freestyle distances the sort of performances that he came out with um he was so so impressive and is that one extra leg I think that we need to feel like that's the sort of team to be beaten really yeah I mean um the 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 depth that that group now has is is remarkable I mean we've got the four fastest swimmers that, that Britain's ever had in that event swimming now, they've all swum 47 point from a flat start. Um, if you, if my relays really are funny, you've got to get everyone swimming their best at the same time on a given day. But if Britain can do that, then they're, they're in the shout, Bob, of, of winning, aren't they? Not getting medal. They're in the, the conversation for winning that event. Four by one. one. Yeah, exactly. And, and who would have thought that even four years ago? Uh, there have been times when we haven't been able to put a quartet together. Very often we haven't at the world championship level and at Olympic level. Um, and, you know, the, there are so many people knocking on the door now. You know, uh, Lewis Burris is, is, is a great example of somebody who we weren't talking about two years ago has now come into the frame. Um, and what's been so impressive, you talk about Matt Richards, is what he did at 50, 100 and 200, being one of the first uh, swimmer in the world, not not just in this country, the first swimmer in the world to do those uh, big sub swims in, in all three events. So, you know, I, I wasn't sure when he made that move from Bath. I've got to be honest, I, I did question that a little bit, but um, uh, proof of the pudding was what he managed to do in the pool last week. Yeah, and he'd taken himself out of the, the performance centre environment has obviously worked very well for him um, in doing that because he did a, a very good 200 and as well. I mean, he was first, as you say, first guy to swim sub-22, sub-48, sub-145 um, in in those three events, which is remarkable. But the way he swam his 200, Katie, was really impressive as well because Tom Dean went for it. You know, Matt was, I don't know, metre, metre and a half down with, a, with 150 metres, but he produced a phenomenal last turn, rather like he did at the Olympics in that relay, and, and had it all, you know, left in the tank to, to get him home for the win. So uh, really, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, you're up against some big guys, you know, Olympic gold and silver medalists and, and it's the event that everyone wants. So it would have been, you know, one of those, one of those races that was very easy to bottle or get wrong. And he just held his nerve completely. And, you know, as you say, that last term was incredible and he just absolutely powered home. Um, and at the end of a, you know, a long week and a big week of racing for him, it was such an impressive swim. And the big question now for, for you two is where do you put him in the quartet? Do you stick with him where he was in the Olympics is where I think he's most effective or would you say, well, you put your fastest swimmer on the anchor leg? I am just laughing back to myself thinking about the Claire Balding interview um, <laughs> with him, which I, I don't know if you both remember. I, I think I'd probably leave him where he was because he, he, I mean, I think it's it's almost more about where everyone else is in that relay because I think we've just got you know I think that so far has been such a sort of perfectly put together team um which is sort of maximizes everyone's strengths um so I'd probably leave that just as it was um I mean but we've got a whole year to go right you know and is that a selection dilemma though yeah is that a dilemma now no I don't think it is I mean we've got time we've kind of got time to play with it haven't we and you know, this is the year maybe to get it wrong um, and, you know, leading up to next year. And I don't mean we don't want a world gold. Of course we do. But I think most people would agree that Olympic gold is worth more. And if we experiment, then this is the year to do it and not next year. Because it looks like 
at the moment, I know someone always comes through an Olympic year, but at the moment, it looks like those are the four guys who are going to be on that team next year. And those are the, probably the four guys that, unless someone, you know, comes through and does something huge, those are the four guys you kind of want in your team um, for next year. And I can see those four guys standing on top of the podium. So um, it's a, it's a pretty good place to be and I'm not sure that after last year I really expected to feel this way about that team um but yeah I've, I feel pretty good about it quite excited about it yes yeah I agree I mean I think I, I I've thought about this question Bob before I think I and I swing backwards and forwards about wanting to hide you know Tom Dean in the middle of a relay where where people aren't expecting him and uh you know just try and blow the the race open you know, maybe with him swimming second or something but you, you know you could you could just swim the same order as the Olympics. I think I think that would work just as well. So uh, good luck hiding Tom Dean anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just remember seeing Sweden hide. Um, I used to hide as a, a word. Sweden's women hiding Sarah Schoestrom in the middle of their relay team. You know, and uh, when she used to swim two hundred meters freestyle, and it just it just completely blows the race apart because um, you know you take masses out of other people's teams you know by having that really fast leg in the middle and britain have got enough fast legs that you can do that we've got, we got three 144 exactly so you can't really do yeah. that can you and uh and I, I got into trouble with james guy on twitter yesterday because uh you know i pointed out someone else who was making up teams that he'd swum a 143 before and i said i wasn't sure he'd do that again and he came came at me and said no well, don't make me prove you wrong but we've got the, the three guys you do please do yeah, that's what i said <laughs> And uh, but we've got three guys who split one forty three. So um, in the past, so it's just bonkers to think, you know, what could happen in that one. Anyway, let's not get ahead of ourselves. They've still got to you know get to get to um, uh, Fukuoka and Paris and Paris and, and do the business. But uh, certainly in a very good place. And also with, um, with Joe Litchfield, I think he did a PB one forty six. Jack McMillan one forty six. So you even think like you've got a bit that depth to be able to, you know have that bit of extra for the for the heats as well so um no looking very promising for that that group in those two relays um someone i thought got a bit overlooked because of the quality of those two events was um was dan jervis he swam a really really good 1500 bob um 1446 uh 1446.95 just off his personal best one of the five qualification times that were made a really good swim from him uh he had a he had a bit of a tough time last year. Obviously, missed Commonwealth with with illness. Yeah. Um, is this the year that he can get that British record off David Davies? I think it's going. Hopefully, it's going to go in Fukuoka. I think um, mentally and now physically, Dan's where he wants to be. Swam that race exactly the way he wanted to. Was injecting a bit of pace, which you don't often see with Dan. He sometimes can be a bit even paced along the way. You go, come on, just put something extra in. He was able to do that to a certain extent in Sheffield. And I think that uh, I've been waiting for him to have that real breakout swim. He makes finals. He's always there or thereabouts. Um, and we know how tough that event is. The Italians are, are very strong. It's, it's, it's got a lot of depth in the world. But if he can get down into those 1442-43 range, which he is capable of on the back of what we saw there, uh, even a fourteen forty, if he could do that, he'll be he'll be mixing it with the with the top Italians, and uh, who knows that 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 medal has to, uh, international level has to come at some point. Yeah, I, th- I think a medal might be might be a stretch, you know, given the, the four know. guys. I, but uh, yeah, well, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, because because you're right, it's not Olympic year; it's a, it's a World Championship year. Some people have a slight drop off at uh, the year before the Olympics, and I just think that. Um, 
because he's he's in a very good place in, in pretty much everything in his life right now. That uh, I think I think the British record will go. Um, just how how close do you get to a fourteen forty? Well, we'll see, won't we? I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's one step at a time. Let's, I think the the record must be in. He must have a shout to that. So let's uh, let's hope he gets that, and then the result will take care of itself, won't it? If uh, if he can put the time down, but really good from him. Really good from him. I thought. Um, a name, Katie, that we uh, that we hadn't really considered, hadn't really heard a lot about, was Oliver Morgan uh, from University of Birmingham, who came along, maybe not completely out of nowhere, because he swam well in um, uh, in Edinburgh, but perhaps we weren't expecting him to take all three backstroke titles this week. So uh, a new name to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I was pretty excited by his 50, but sort of didn't know what to expect in any of the other distances. And then, you know, the 100, we suddenly saw that 53 that we've been looking for. And I know I know, um, Luke Greenbank's been 53, but it's sort of, it, you know, that's not his preferred backstroke distance. And I think we often, well, I often feel that we're sort of expecting quite a lot of him um, to sort of become a 100 backstroker when it comes to that medley relay. So it's really, really great um, to finally see someone else coming through on that. And I'm not sure that it's the person that I expected it to be. I think... Um, you know, we'd we'd seen a, a number of other names sort of coming through. Maybe is it Jonathan Adam? Um, sort of had a, a pretty good year last year, um, but yeah, a really really great. And then that two hundred, I was just you know, I think certainly Luke had an off day, week perhaps, um, but to see him step up and take that two hundred as well was absolutely brilliant. He must have been uh, having the week of his life, I think, but hopefully more to come. Uh, and it feels to me like you know he's he's a relatively late bloomer. I mean, I think I think I, one of his interviews he said he'd only really started training properly verticomers eighteen months ago um, when he went to Birmingham. So you know you kind of feel he's got a lot of upside because he's you know he's he's coming at it new, new and fresh. So um, you know hopefully he, he took a second off his PB in the backstroke heats, a hundred heats. So hopefully he can find you know keep that momentum going through the rest of the year. Um, and into into next year because um, we have, we could really do with a fifty two point hundred backstroker for that relay. You know we haven't had one since Chris Walker Heaven retired twenty seventeen. I want to say something like that. So uh, maybe twenty eighteen. But um, yeah, would be terrific to get to to get that. And and some you know hopefully that group you know they'll continue to to push each other along. You know we we see that with the groups that we get, don't we? Where um, no, it, it raises the general standard, but you've got three or four guys all, all chasing that. Then hopefully that will that will spur them all on. Um, Is down. he going to be uh, training out of Sandwell when that's fully opened? Haven't haven't Birmingham got the fifty meter pool already? I don't know. I, I don't profess to be an expert on uh, on Birmingham's pools. I think as well. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make about a, a group. I think one of the things I noticed about this week was that we need to keep an eye on things that aren't just performance centres you know there were some really great swims coming from lots of different places this week and I think it was a bit more spread out than it has been um you know we've pretty much seen teams being formed of Loughborough Bath and Sterling um you know obviously a a few others but I, I think hopefully when this team is announced depending how how wide they're throwing the net when they go for their discretionary picks um I think we'll see you know, a bit more variety. And it is worth remembering that although, you know, obviously a lot of the resources are are concentrated into the performance centres, 
there are a lot of other people doing really great work and you can achieve things by, you know, without being a performance centre and without having all that. There are other ways to do it. Um, and it's sort of quite nice to see that. Definitely. I agree. Now, I fact check myself while you, while you were speaking, Katie, and University of Birmingham does have its own 50 metre pool. So I don't think it'll be going to sound well, Bob. But oh, um, right. okay. I think he's, uh, but he's in a good place. You know, they seem to be, have a really good atmosphere in that squad from, from what I hear. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed he can... Um, uh, keep pushing on um while we're on the subject of the medley relay though uh obviously you know oliver put himself in the in, firmly in the frame for that if the um if the selectors uh, elect to take that obviously it didn't make their consideration time but it would is well almost unthinkable that they won't take um won't take that that squad um so he's in in pole position for the backstroke we obviously have a plethora of 100 freestylers to choose from um for the end but um the other two legs uh, maybe a little bit more up in the air, but we saw a bit of a shock, Bob, in the 100 butterfly um, where Jacob Peters took a big step forward. He beat James Guy, 51-1-6, personal best to win. Um, it's been coming for a little while, but because, you know... That's, a, that's, why, that's why I don't think it's a big shock, actually. I think that I, I've always rated Jacob. Um, I know, I've not always been on the same page as other people on that. There's some people thought that Jacob might be a bit flaky, might be a bit of a flash in the pan, might be somebody who could turn it on now and again, but wouldn't be consistent. Um, but just having a look at what he was doing with uh, Dave McNulty down in Bath when I was down there last year and talking to Dave about him, um, I just got the feeling that, you know, he turned a corner, if there was a corner to be turned, that he really had his head down, knew what he wanted to do. Dave was working very closely with him. Um, and I, I, I actually, when I saw that, it didn't surprise me greatly because obviously he's training with James as well. Um, so he sees what he does on a daily basis. And I think it, that's a good spur for him to, to do exactly what he did last week. And, uh, and really helpful in terms of uh, having options for heats. And what about like his that. 50 as well? Yeah. What about his 50? I didn't expect that, to be honest. The 100 I did, the 50 I didn't. Yeah, what he did. Yeah, I, I was really surprised by the 50. I mean, I think mostly when you see someone beating Ben Proud off a start, you're, you sit up and then take notice. I know Ben Proud was looking like he probably wasn't, um, you know, all in for this. But um, yeah, I thought his 50 was incredible. Yeah, really good. And they say plenty of options then for the for the heats as well. You no, know, um, you're not reliant on swimming James in everything. So, uh, you no, know, they were trying that out last year, weren't they, with, um, with Jacob and with Ed Mildred. So, uh, yeah, really great to have that option. But that leaves the breaststroke. Um, now... Uh, wasn't um, the best 100 breaststroke we've seen um, at British Championships. Obviously, we'll talk about Adam in a minute um, not being there, but it just was a bit flat, wasn't it, Katie? Yeah, I think part of it is that we're used to, you know, fireworks, um, mainly from Adam, um, but it was just a bit meh, to be honest. Um, it felt, you know, and James Wilby is a brilliant breaststroker but that version of James Wilby wasn't at trials I don't think this week um it was it didn't really look like an event that we're great at and it is an event that we're great at so that's sort of quite a hard it's quite a hard watch in that way um and you know don't get me wrong it's not up to James Wilby to suddenly be Adam Peaty um but it it felt like we suddenly weren't particularly deep in the breaststroke at all having felt like it's a real strength yeah, he was a lot better in his 200, albeit uh, the um, 
the qualifying t- the consideration time qualifying times were very tough once again so we didn't quite make that but he was yeah looked a bit more like his his old self in the 200 but um it does it does leave a question mark bob doesn't it about the medley relay without adam now we don't know exactly what his situation is with regard to worlds um his his statement on instagram was very much around not swimming british championships and and but he was continuing to train so we don't know if um no, if British Swimming will pick up the phone to him and ask him to come, rather like Canada did with uh, Taylor Ruck and um, Penny Alexiak. But um, it does it does kind of hinge on on James getting back to his his best, doesn't it? Without Adam, um, yes, it does. Um, but I hope that Adam will. Um, I mean, the, the, to be absolutely honest, had the Commonwealth Games not been in Birmingham last summer, I don't think we would have seen him at all. Because I don't think he would have done those events, but because it was a home crowd and he didn't want that home crowd down, he came back and did the 150 where he probably wasn't anywhere near the kind of level he wants to be. Uh, it, it's difficult to, to analyze because a lot of things are obviously happening in, in the pool and outside the pool, mainly outside the pool as far as he's concerned right now. He has got another three months um, to get himself. I, I hope that they'll put him on the team and let him decide whether he wants to go or not, because I think he should be an automatic pick anyway. So put him on the team, see what he feels like a month out. Say, you know, obviously you'll have an alternate, which would be James, um, but give Adam the chance to go there because, you know, a big meet, he never lets us down. Well, we will wait and see how the selection plays out in that particular regard. But um, another one final event I wanted to, to sort of highlight, which I think we can be fairly clear on who is going to go to Fukuoka, is the men's 200 IM, um, where we saw Tom Dean and Duncan Scott going hammer and tongs at each other um tom dean got got the touch this time with a personal best um he's really improved for, for me it's his backstroke katie that, that made the difference compared to say the commonwealth final last year where, where duncan had too much for him yeah i mean he's he just keeps surprising us doesn't he i mean i, I think surprising us um he's just so so good um I know we've talked about it before, but his breaststroke is ridiculously good um, for a 200 freestyler, if we're allowed to call him that, or a 100 freestyler or a 400 IM or a 200 breaststroker or whatever, <laughs> whatever he might be on a given day. But um, I, I I, sort of don't know what version of Duncan we're seeing at the moment. I know he was had some illness last year, which I think took a lot out of him. Um, but I, I think I would have thought that Duncan would come out on top on uh, on that one. So and and it wasn't a poor swim by him. It was just a great swim by Tom. So um, yeah, there's just another string to his bow, isn't it? And we knew it was there, but I don't think I knew he was that good at it. Yeah, yeah. Duncan Duncan's been on record saying he's done a lot more volume than he used to do uh, in this cycle leading up to these championships. And so maybe his taper is, has, has worked slightly differently from, from normal. Um, he, cause he was almost right on his hundred PB, but then he was a little bit off on the, the 200. So maybe that, that could be it, but, um, you know, it's good to see him, you know, so as you say, after the, the illness he had last year, looking more like his normal self, even if not quite his normal self. So we'll hope he'll go to, um, go to worlds and, and be, you know, the Duncan Scott we know and love, uh, and he can throw down some, some great times. Um, let's move on and talk about the women's events. Um, it was a good week to be called Freya, Bob. Um, mm. So let's uh, let's start with Freya Anderson, who uh, who put down what was uh, a really impressive 200 metres freestyle 
Um, she cracked 156 for the first time, personal best time, um, one of the top times in the in the world. Uh, yeah. Really great to see her kind of happy and swimming well. Yeah, on both counts, definitely. And um, yeah, again, another person you know has got plenty more in the tank um, if she carries on in that kind of form. You know, she, she's looking fantastic. Uh, she's all the things that we thought that she would turn into. Perhaps she's not done the times last couple of years that we thought that she could. Maybe that's the breakthrough swim. And um, you know, everything kind of was pretty much aligned last week. And I think that we'll see her do some really impressive stuff at the, uh, at the, the Worlds this year and, and hopefully for Paris next year. Yeah, she, um, she swam 156-0 at Worlds last year, Casey's. So it's really great for her to come back and, and kind of move that on again, you know, rather than falling, falling backwards, if you see what I mean. Yeah, and I think you know that was worlds. That was that was the big meet. And I think you know for for some of these top guys, I think British champs can be it can be quite hard to to get to show the best of yourself um, because although the the very top is can often be quite tight and very very high level, it can drop off quite quickly, which is obviously not the case when you're getting to you know to worlds and Olympics. Um, but she just seemed so delighted with that and you know I saw a really great post from her on Instagram after that race talking about you know how you you can keep doing PBs and even if you've had a a bit of a flat time and you haven't improved for quite a long time there's you know there's still the chance to do it Uh, I think I was almost more impressed with her 100 not more impressed but I wasn't expecting the 100 because I thought her stroke just looked so perfectly suited for the 200 quite not a particularly fast tempo and I didn't think it would be suited to the 100 and then she came out and, and did a brilliant 100 as well so yeah she just looked really great and as you say really really happy um, which I think is for, for her particularly is quite a big key to swimming fast. Well, indeed, she came back uh, 53-48 in the 100, um, just touched out Anna Hopkin, who was uh, no, looking pretty good as well, 24-5 over 50, Katie. You know, that's that's moving in the right direction for this season for her. Yeah, I think she said that it was, um, it, it was the fastest she'd ever been at this time of the season. So she seemed really, really positive about that. Um, I think, you know, Obviously, they've had a bit of disruption, probably in in all of their preparation with with various people in their squad at sort of different different points in their preparation, and and Adam not being there, and I'm sure he's a big part of that squad. So um, she she was great, and I think you know it's there are some really tough qualifying times again on, on in the women's sprint freestyle. I don't know you know whether or not she thought she was going to get down to those qualifying times, but certainly within the consideration times for both. Um, which is great and I'm you know I'm sure we'll see her on the team definitely yeah definitely I think almost certain to see her going to Fukuoka um, now the other Freya I'm referring to is of course Freya Colbert she had some terrific battles with uh, with Katie Shanahan in all her well many of her events um, this week uh, the 400 IM particularly impressive um, you know both her and, and Katie carved chunks off their off their lifetime bests um, in that race, Freya with a four thirty five five. It's um, we talked about having you no know, swimmers pushing each other on. Bob, it's uh, it's great to have those two. You know, clearly good friends as well. You know, mm. Been on camps together and all sorts. And but they're they're pushing each other so hard in in lots of different events, and that's can only be a good thing. 
And we've said so many times, I think, in British terms, that event is not moving on. It hasn't moved on because the British record's 2009, I think, isn't it, from that? 4.33? It's been on the books for 14 years now. It needs to go. I know that was Rome and, and Hannah, I think, um, in the shiny suits. But, you know, I'm hoping that we can get some. We've just seen uh, what summer can do for Canada. Um, hopefully we can get both of those getting down towards 4.32, 4.31 before too long because that's what I'd like to see because um, that event's apart, apart from a certain Canadians not moving on that much uh, around the world. Yeah, I think Hannah was uh, four four thirty one, but it was two thousand nine. Yeah, 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 in a in a in a poly number, full poly number. So yeah, um, but uh, yeah, as you're saying, they there's a long time since that. Um, no, that event had her and Amy Wilmot sort of going going at it uh, regularly, um, and you know they came up against each other again over 200 IM, Katie over 200 backstroke, where I think Freya took five seconds off her best time or something, you know, and they both swam really, really well. So, that, no, they're two very exciting swimmers to have in our in our stable. Yeah, I think I underestimated them both because, I, I, you know, I've thought that they're both great swimmers, but I didn't think they were that that good. I, I sort of needed to be shown. Um, that's a, Those are serious 400 IM times, you know, we just saw them last year, I think both of them break 440. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's that's good getting down there. But, the, you know, down to like the 435, 436s, brilliant. We saw Katie do a great 200 backstroke earlier in the year. And then she dropped even more time, um, you know, to down to a 207, which is a time that should make a final at Worlds. Um, having, you know, I think last year she might have broken 210 for the first time. And that's, that's a huge drop. And then... For Katie also to go 209 in the 200 IM, which is serious, serious time, and, and beat Abby Wood, um, you know, she's, I just completely underestimated her. She's so, so much better than I knew that she was, and I knew that she was pretty good. And and I think the thing that's great about both of them is that we've seen, you know, Katie in the ISL and Freya just coming through last year to do her first international events. They don't seem to get spooked by the big stage they just seem to kind of get on with it which is great um and they're just you don't really worry about them going into a big event they're just kind of on the team they're going to do the job it's great yes terrific from both of them i think the 200 backstroke is the one i'm probably the most excited for katie about i think uh maybe not this year you know there's a little bit more to drop but i think um i think she's got the british record uh in her for that one that's another Poly suited one, I think. Uh, it's Gemma Spofford. It's Gemma Spofford, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's another one from 2009. Yeah, so I think I think that's within her capability. Maybe maybe I say not this year, but maybe probably next year. So really excited to see her her progress in that event. But those two were were terrific this week, and uh, both of them meeting the uh, the qualification times as well. So uh, we've spoken about how tough they were. They did terrifically well uh, in in Ponds Forge. Um, the last qualification time. Uh, that was set was another another lady and uh, in the 200 butterfly and Casey we've spoken about Laura Stevens before and, and said she just needed to find some consistency she's maybe she's cracked it finally she's from 207 in Edinburgh 207 in the heats here 206 in the final you know has she turned that corner now she's you know with a year sorry after a year with Dave Hemmings you know to be able to produce the performances re- repeatedly 
I hope so. I really hope so because I, you know, I've seen I've seen her consistently go to ten. <laughs> I've seen her consistently go two o seven in a heat and then maybe a little bit slower in a final. Um, she wanted that two o six so badly. You could just see how chuffed she was and how relieved she was after she did it. Um, and that you know that's a, that's a serious serious time. Um, I hope that we're going to see her go a two o six at Worlds. I suppose something that was on my mind a little bit watching some of the really fast times this week were, okay, well, is it, at Worlds, you're going to have to go your 435 in the heat and faster in the final. Whereas, at, you know, at the moment at trials, people can kind of go 446 in a heat before dropping a 435 in a final. And Katie would have to do three 200 backstrokes and probably go, she'd probably be all right on a 209. She might make a final if she goes a 208 and then she's going to have to drop the hammer, you know, in in the final it's just it's just a different it's a different step up isn't it when you get to worlds and having to do these times consistently um there's a few of those that that just it just crossed my mind when I was looking at the qualification times not so much with Dan Joes because we've seen him do it before we've seen him do the heats we've seen him do the finals which obviously he didn't have to do this week it was just a straight final but it is it's quite a different atmosphere when you get to those big meets and it's just whether we, we can repeat those times well, I mean, I think that's been a that's been a continuous no issue for Britain, hasn't it, over for many many years? But um, you know, I th- I kind of get the impression, like you said, they're they're happy in the arena, aren't they, um, Freya and, and Katie? So I get the impression that they they can manage that. We hope that Laura can manage it as well, because you know she's evidently found found some speed, found hopefully, as we say, that consistency. Um, and if she can put it together, then who knows? You know what might happen certainly the final at worlds would be possible um but coming home behind her in that 200 fly emily large bob who is someone else uh, perhaps not a uh, conscious decision but who moved away from bath um, down to millfield same as, as matt richards has done and he's been reborn you know 207 uh three was it 207 something 207 33 for her in the trench fly just kind of out of nowhere, really. We've not seen that from a few years. Are they that inspiring each other, I wonder. Now the uh, swimming dream team up there in Millfield, uh, those two might uh, well be egging each other on. And uh, I know it's, it's, it's a great partnership within that team and also outside the pool. Um, so it's good to see her back. I remember obviously seeing her in the early days when she was up in the northeast, um, the meets I used to cover, looking like a, a really big prospect for the future. Has had, you know, not not the kind of results the last couple of years she would have wanted, but maybe that's, you know, she's still young enough to to push on, and uh, maybe that's a catalyst for her to do just that. Yeah, well, we love to see, you know, people coming back to form, um, and you know, especially when they can do really great times like that uh, as well. So we we'll hope that she can repeat the the dose at, at Worlds later this year. Um, we touched on on Abby Wood briefly. Um, uh, in the context of the 200 AM and, and her battle with with Casey, but she was she was good this week. I mean, PB in the 200 free, 157.2, a little bit off in the 100 free maybe, but but her 200 AM was good as well. And she wobbled a bit last year, Casey. So it's really good to see her swimming, you know, back at her best. Yeah, I think I think she had a few um, issues with health last year as well. But I was quite surprised not to see her do the 200 breaststroke because especially as her 200s were so great this week um you know she's obviously brilliant at 200 breaststroke but has decided not to do it and focus on other events but you know I sort of feel like it is an event where that there are chances there aren't necessarily 
always the same people on the podium. It's normally quite quite close. Um, and this is internationally. I'm talking not not GB. Um, so you know, um, she's she, her and Molly Renshaw have been pretty consistently in finals. And I know now Molly's retired. Um, I sort of thought that Abby would continue going with that event, but um, obviously her choice of events worked out really well for her this week. So it's really great to see her back. Um, I'm sure she would have liked to have been uh, the first to the wall in that 200 IM, but um, good to have a bit of domestic competition and spur her on on that one. Yeah, I wonder whether, no, well, she may yet get the opportunity to swim the 200 breaststroke if she wants to at Worlds. I mean, I kind of, that that's going to have a spot open that event, I would think. But um, we'll see how she elects to shape her program. Um, I wanted to talk briefly about women's relays because um, now we've talked about how tough the times were. They were equally tough for those women's relays. None of them made the um, made the grade. Um, we, we'd like to think that they'll swim a medley relay at least. Uh, Medi Harris won the hundred backstroke. Cara Hanlon was uh, pretty good. Um, she has a Scottish record over 50 breaststrokes. She uh, she won the 100 breaststroke. Keanu McInnes broke 58 seconds for the first time. Scottish record in the 100 fly. None of them qualified individually, regardless of that. Obviously, we've spoken about Freya on the Freya Anderson on the anchor already. Um, you'd like to see them go to try and get the uh, the Olympic qualification, if nothing else, Bob. Yeah, absolutely, because they should be Olympic finalists next year. So give them a chance to get there. Uh, it would seem really odd and wrong and remiss of the selection policy not to have a Medi relay. And when it comes to the 4x1s and 4x2s, well, there's obviously questions about that. But the Medi relay, yeah, definitely. Katie, your view on the freestyle relays? I mean, it does it does it just risk spreading Freya and um, Abby a bit thin? Um. Well, I don't think. I think we'd only need to take one extra person to to fill up those relays, which I think would be Lucy Hope, who who had a pretty good week again. Um, you know, I think a much better. She looked much better this week than she's looked uh, last year. Um, and I, and I sort of feel like we ought to give ourselves the chance to ha- to to swim those relays at the Olympics next year. So so you know so we need to swim them at Worlds. I think the four by two actually looks quite a lot better than the four by one. Um, I think we're heavily reliant on Anna and Freya in the four by one, whereas the four by two. I know Freya Colbert didn't actually swim it, uh, swim the two hundred free this week, but we know that she's got a great two hundred free in her, and we know that she'll be on the team. Um, so you know that that team can go faster anyway. Um, I, I think that's a I think that could be quite an exciting team. I don't think it's, you know, I think the podiums are pretty much locked up in both of those relays. So if we're chasing medals, those are probably not the events to be doing it in. But um, is that is that the only reason why we send a team to the Olympics to, to get a medal? I mean, I don't think it is. You might, people might say that that's what you should be aiming for. But, you know, I think an Olympic final is pretty special. So, um, and I think we should be Olympic finalists and, in all the relays, to be honest. Um, I suppose it's just how team sizes work out. Um, but we're competitive. They're just not as good as some of our other relays. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll see how the selectors play their cards in terms of the, uh, in terms of the, uh, the relays and the spares and the alternates and you know, whether they want to take seven people for the men's four by two, as we've seen in the past or, or whatever, which they could realistically do. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they jump on those, on those relays. Um, I think that's time to, uh, 
to to draw things to a conclusion. Your overall impression of the week, Bob. You know how how do you feel after watching that that competition? Yeah, pretty enthused and pretty encouraged to be honest. I do want to throw one name in though that you've not mentioned so far. A future superstar at fourteen, Emily Bloxich. We finally maybe have an eight and fifteen hundred meters freestyle female swimmer who can take us forward after all this time. She's only fourteen, not putting uh, any great pressure on her shoulders yet. But um, for LA, mm, watch out. Quite possibly one for the future, Katie. Would you take her to Worlds? You know, if one of your wild cards for the experience. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Not because she's not great. I think she. I think she is great, but I think. Um, I mean, she's just dropping time, like you know, you like you wouldn't believe, but. I think taking her to Worlds at, at 14 and at just 14. Commies. Um, next puts commies. A lot. Yeah, but if you took her to Worlds this year, no, no, I, no. I think that would put a hell of a lot of pressure on her. Yeah, um, no. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the next year, but I don't think a 14 year old needs to be built up in the year before the Olympics. Um, and I, I say that hopefully in a supportive way of her rather than a like dismissive way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I think give her the opportunity at at world juniors or european juniors or even european under 23s if you want you know to gain experience and then let her you know qualify in her own right if you like for the olympics next year if that's if that's her trajectory um but yeah it'd be an interesting one she was she was terrific wasn't she so um very exciting and i know i know a lot of people on the internet are very excited about her so let's um you know watch her with interest uh as things go on katie your your overriding impression of the week too many finals uh, that that I don't think we need four finals. I also think Priority Paris needs renaming. Um, but uh, it will be after next year. Look at look at LA. We'll look, <laughs> look for LA. Or something. Yeah, something like that. No, I, I I think I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of swims, and I think there are a few events that I felt a little bit disappointed in. But overall overall positive and it's great to end on that men's 200 free that leaves me definitely feeling positive yeah definitely i think i think i feel positive about the week overall i think the the selection times made it feel worse than it was you know but when you actually take a step back and think look at some of the results i thought yeah on on the balance i thought it was a good week so uh I mean, excited to see what happens at World Championships later this year. Um, great talking to you both. We'll call it a day there. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Katie. Um, Thank you. If you want to get in touch about anything we've said on this podcast, you can find me on Twitter at Poolboy or at Poolboy UK on Instagram, or you can go to poolboy.co.uk forward slash contact. But until we're back with you with the next episode, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast.